Freddy, he's getting some color. <laughs> I'm Zach, and I'm here with uh, Dubs. For episode two of uh, Clash of Champions, and what an entrance. I, I would have never done that. Yes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I think it's great. I was channeling JR there, brother. I had to. Um, before we get into our Clash of Champions review, uh, did you have anything you wanted to, you know, talk about before we? Um, yeah, uh, I've been watching the WWE product pretty, uh, steadily lately because of this show mostly more than anything. Um, uh, but it's been a little bit more interesting to me lately too, besides that. But, uh. Have you been paying any attention to the King of the Rings stuff lately? Yes, and I did get nervous when Shane McMahon was inserted himself into the the thing. Yeah, but, but then apparently Gable beat him, and his ties into the Kevin Owens story and all that. Mm-hmm. But I was wanting to call out because Chad Gable and Barry Corbin had a King of the Ring Files match on Raw, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was a really good match. And, like, Chad Gable's been on a tear recently. He's been having really good matches with just everybody. Like, he had a good match with Andrade on SmackDown, like, in one of his fucking semifinal matches or whatever. And uh, I guess the match with Shane was good. That was the only one I didn't see. Um, And they had a rematch uh, Gable and Corbin did on just last night and it was also really good here's my thing about the king of the ring okay what are what are they gonna do with it because i feel like this is just a mid-card thing now where it's like oh you're a king congratulations yeah like i i was scared because they're doing the they at first i thought they were doing away with all the goofy king gimmicks gone pretty much Mm mm-hmm because Corbin had the crown and the the cloak and all that shit, and then Chad Gable came out and attacked him, and then broke all of his shit and ruined everything. And to me, I was like, kind of hoping, is this them saying that that's basically done? They're not going to force a dumbass king gimmick on people anymore. Well, no, he's King Corbin now. By the way, they changed. yeah, he's he's King. Cor- so they are still doing it. But here's the thing about this, though, unlike all the other times. I think this time it'll actually work again. Not in the same way that Booker made it work, but it's going to work in a different way. And I think it's already working. Do you think they're going to put Corbin over to a championship in some way? Uh, no, Not immediately. This is, to me, the way I've been picking up on this is they are pushing Corbin, but it's like a, it's a mid-card push. And uh, Maybe they're, intercontinental? Maybe I, I think eventually down the road, yeah, like not not right now, not for like the next couple months. I think maybe next year, like right at the start of next year or December or something. But um, Corbin has gotten better overall. I have to admit, mm-hmm. I wasn't that big of a fan of him for a while. Even when he was in NXT, I kind of thought he was kind of meh, honestly. Like, he has a couple good moves and a couple good little spots, but he never did a promo that was good, in my opinion. Uh, he seemed pretty limited in the ring for a while. Mm-hmm. But, like, when he did the constable thing for a while, he was getting all this heat and stuff, and everybody hated him. And it's like right now, I think he's figured it out. He's figured out a way to actually get heat 
and get people to, to not be like, I don't want to see you go away. It's like, I fucking hate this guy. I can't stand him. <laughs> well, he's got he's got that going. Well, I think it would be great if he could make a stable out of this. Like, he's a king, and he needs to get his, like, knights or, like, his goons in some way. He's already got a stable. Corey Graves is in it. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to Corey Graves talk about Baron Corbin on commentary. It's hilarious. <laughs> but, but, like, uh, no, they're they're continuing the king thing with Corbin, but it's different. It's he's not going around like hear ye, hear ye, all this bullshit. He's kind of doing it somewhat ironically, I think. And it's a way to annoy people. It's another way to annoy people with him, and it's I think it's working. Mm-hmm. And Gable is just on this really hot babyface streak right now, and it seems like they're just going to have like a, a feud for a little bit. And I'm I'm fine with that because the matches they've been having are great. Like, if you haven't seen them, go find them somehow. Yeah, this has like a a Mister Perfect feel kind of to it with Chad Gable. Um, yeah, G- Gable kind of reminds me of Mister Perfect and uh, Kurt Angle, honestly. And uh, sometimes some of the stuff he does also reminds me of Owen a little bit. Some of the high flying moves he incorporates every now and then, because Mister Perfect wasn't really that guy. Yeah, but I like short yeah. hair. I like short hair Gable more than long hair Gable. Oh, I don't, the hair thing I don't really think matters much. I do think they need to have him talk more right now because that was one of his stronger suits. Like remember back when he was teaming with Jason Jordan, they were American Alpha. Mm-hmm. Chad was kind of the promo guy for them, and I thought he was fairly natural on the mic, but for some reason they're not really giving him any mic time. Who knows? I, I don't know. He needs some. He needs it bad right now because they're doing this thing right now where it seems like everybody's making fun of him because he's short. <laughs> and it's like, you guys fucking serious? This, like, I mean, he's doing really awesome in all his matches, and he's like, you know, I'll show you short motherfucker, and he's about to tear Corbin's ankle off or something. Well, but, well, remember the feud before fucking Corbin is where uh, Shelton Benjamin just stared at him really weirdly. Like he was going to make out with him? Like creepily, like like rape him. It was weird. <laughs> I, I don't No, I didn't see that. <laughs> they, they, they were doing promos where Shelton Benjamin was being a creep on Gable and then they had the match for the... Uh, the tournament for King of the Ring, and obviously Gable won. Oh, but, but, I'll have to go back and see that. <laughs> but it's like, what did he do? Like, I, I, I don't understand the writing at all. And I could see that it's kind of getting better a little bit, especially when uh, SmackDown is going to Fox. So, oh, and, yeah. And they've been talking about they're going to have a draft and everything, which is apparently going to span for like three weeks, the, the draft. Ooh interesting so uh, I, I wonder if i wonder if nxt guys will be included in this draft well yeah they, they are a brand now they they're on live tv so and i'm wondering also if people will get drafted to nxt like i've heard supposedly one of the plans is they're gonna transfer kevin owens back to nxt and uh, i guess I, I'm fine with that actually because I mean what I mean he's I still think he's capable of being on the other two shows or whatever. Because yeah, I, uh, but... I, I don't really care for the Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon feud. Like they're trying to so hard 
to recreate the Steve Austin and McMahon thing, and it's starting to get annoying. Uh, I'm I was fine with it until they just did this thing where he just kind of curled up into a ball and submitted to him. I thought that was really dumb. Mm-hmm. Like I get all oh, my family, you know, like whatever. Like it kind of killed it for him a little bit when he gave up. It seemed like, and now he's suing him. I'm like. So that's supposed to get you behind like the the badass I don't give a fuck anti authority guy you sue him. <laughs> and this is a guy that like was a fucktard like to everybody. And oh I, yeah, Kevin Owens was a dick to everyone. And now we're supposed to believe and I understand this is wrestling, this is WWE that that happens sometimes, but it doesn't feel right on Kevin Owens at all. Kind of, kind of. I mean, I thought he was doing a fine job until this happened. The, the the logic was completely lost after that, where it was just like, okay, you win, I give up. It's like apparently he doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to to carry out an anti-authority fucking role. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's also some guys I would think that would benefit from going to NXT again. And getting off this these main shows because there's a couple guys where it just seems like they don't have any clue what the fuck to do with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Fandango and uh, Tyler Breeze. Like EC3 I, I, is being totally wasted. Yeah, and if somehow Vince gets rid of EC3, which I don't think he will, EC3 should. Go I think to he. I think he might. I think there's a chance they'll let him go. Not at, he'll ask for his release and let him go. His contract will expire, and they won't try hard to get him back. Then AEW should pick him up because they need big guys like him in their uh, wrestling federation, just so that they could fear uh, a big guy. Uh, yeah. And then there's also uh Sami Zayn in particular strikes me as another guy where it seems like they don't have any idea what to do with him. Well, the whole him managing Nakamura is funny as hell. It's funny, but it's Sammy's kind of being wasted. Like, I don't understand. Why isn't he wrestling? <laughs> it might be an injury thing, probably. Maybe. I guess. I haven't heard that he's injured or anything. I just, you know. sometimes He they, was in the King of the Ring thing. Yeah, sometimes they hide it for some strange reason. Uh, yeah, that's po- yeah, it's possible, too. Uh, he might be going through kind of a pretty serious injury scare thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. I or he needs rested. He needs some rest. He's banged up, but he doesn't want to go home kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. he's been home forever. Because <laughs> I noticed that when they have uh, injuries, they don't want to usually put it out there, especially when they have competition now, where they could be like, kind of make fun of it, I guess. But I don't I don't know why they would make fun of it. That's weird. You'd be like, ha, you're injured, you fucking stupid. <laughs> you fucking bitch, you're <laughs> injured now. <laughs> But I don't know. It's just Vince McMahon yeah. being, being weird, probably. Possibly. Yeah, I just wanted to give a short shout-out. It wasn't short. We ended up going on some tangents there, but to Gable and Corbin and their feud, it's it's been really enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's dive into it. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven matches to go through. So you watched the pre-show this time? Yes. Because <laughs> I did. This is Clash of Champions, brother, not Night of Champions. I kept calling it Night of Champions. This is a WCW shit. It's yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the pre-show was just like a bunch of... I, I fucking hate 
the uh, the table thing where they all discuss shit. Where I'm just like, all oh. that, all oh, I don't even pay any attention to that. I didn't write anything down about any of that. I skip it. Yeah, I was like, I, I skipped it too because I was like, oh, this. All right, we're bringing back legends. Oh, we're talking about it like it's a sports thing, and I'm like, nah, I, that doesn't get me. You're but, not doing it right. You can do it. There's a right way to do it, but they're they're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. You got to do it like the 80s and 90s where it was fucking, it was cooler back then. And then you had. They have to, they, they, basically the way that they present their product right now, they can't do that. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like they'd have to totally redo how they do everything. They could kind of probably do that on NXT the way it is. But, they, and they do it sometimes on some of the, they do have takeover pre-shows where they have little panels and stuff, but they're not nearly as long and annoying as it is on a main show. Yeah, and that's when they try to, like, uh, spice up. They're like, hey, you don't have the network? Make sure you get the network. If you sign up now, you get it for free. That's right. And uh, but, they talk about their little <clears throat> watch-alongs that they have on YouTube where they get, like, a bunch of celebrities, and I'm like, stop. They got, yeah, celebrities and wrestlers that aren't booked, and it's like, I don't want to... F- no, that's not... No. <laughs> Breaking kayfabe to the fucking fullest there. All right, getting into the first match, uh, triple threat for the toy WWE cruiserweight title. The cruiserweight title, which looks weird. I hate that the strap is purple. Yeah, it looks like a fruit I fucking can't up. stand that. It needs to be black, dude. It, and I don't know. I think the belt needs to be gold. Yeah. And it would look a lot better if it were black and gold. Because the symbol looks cool. I like the symbol. I just don't like the belt itself. And WWE has a thing where it's just like, we need to make our belts look like fruit roll-ups. And meet means to be different colors, like red. Uh, you know, they had the Saudi Arabia green thing, which was God, weird. ugly as shit. And then, obviously, the matching, you know, the blue and red and stuff. And I was like, stop it. It's stupid. But it, it makes it more toyetic. Yeah, but in this tri- <laughs> in this triple threat, we have Dorado versus Lince Dorado, Lince Dorado, Humberto Carrillo, Carrillo, and then Drew Gallic, Gulak, yeah, Drew Gulak, <laughs> who is the champion going in? Best heel on the wrong show. I I think he should be on the main show or at least NXT, in my opinion. He had a couple of matches on NXT a few months ago where he, he was just kind of on there a few times. Mm-hmm. He had a really good match with with Matt Riddle, I remember. It was just random, but it was good. Um, like, he beat somebody who, I think it might have been Carrillo or somebody else that was an NXT jobber at the time. And then it just transitioned to, like, he called out, like, this is bullshit, I beat this guy in, like, a minute. Which he legitimately <laughs> did. He beat him in, like, a minute or two. He's like, I want some real fucking competition. And then Matt Riddle comes out, and they have, like, a pretty damn good match. Yeah. Speaking of Matt Riddle, he's been getting a lot of heat lately because he's just been talking a lot of shit to everybody. Yeah, I'm not real sure what's going on there. I don't know if it's work or not, which is good, I guess. <laughs> but it's it's a bit odd. But, yeah, this match was uh, – I don't know. What do you want to say about it? Uh, I have some notes here. Uh, there was a spot that Dorado uh, – like. There was a drop kick from Gulak, and there was a delay with Dorado. <laughs> where the, he he gets hit by the the drop kick, and then he throws himself over the rope. 
There was like a lot of uh, spots like that with Dorado. I think he just. Oh yeah, yeah. I got one where uh, Dorado got pushed off the turnbuckle, I think, by Gulak. Mm-hmm. And he, like, throated the rope like he hits the rope with his neck. Yeah. And then and then for some reason, he flipped out of the ring after that. Yeah. It was... And I was like, what the fuck was that? That made no sense. Yeah, he was missing a lot of uh, parts. And I felt like Gulak and Dorado, because I know Dorado, like, I've seen his work. I think they're the veterans of the ring. I don't know who Humberto is, by the way. Umberto is a, he's pretty young. Uh, I don't know where he came from exactly, but uh, he was in NXT for like a year and he was just like a job guy, but he was good. Like they, you know how NXTs do their jobbers, right? They, they let him get a couple offensive moves in and make him look good for like a 15 or 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then they get squashed. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he, he actually kind of, made a good impression on me in this match. He's got really good agility and he gets a lot of air when he does his jumps and shit. Yeah. I wish they did more with him because Dorado was just fucking botching a lot of shit. And it was annoying me to the point. I was like this, you, you bring down a match. I thought that was really uncharacteristic for him because I've seen several Lindsay Dorado matches since he came to WWE. And usually he's a lot more smooth than that. I mean, we also got to take into him because they are humans, by the way. That some, yeah. Sometimes they go to the ring, they're sick, they might be injured, or they possibly shit, <laughs> shit their pants. <laughs> Which, that is a known fact because John Cena shit his pants. There's several wrestlers shit their pants stories. <laughs> we'll have a whole segment on that one time, I swear. No. <laughs> but, but no, like, I, I wrote a note about that where, like, I thought... Uh, this match was kind of sloppy overall. Mm-hmm. And like, I thought it was weird that Dorado just seemed kind of out of sorts in this match. Cause you, like I said, usually to me, he was one of the more solid luchador wrestlers that a lot of his stuff usually looked good and it was smooth and he almost never fucked up. And Gulak was doing a lot of high flying stuff, which, w- which I thought he was always anti-air. Didn't he always have an anti-air sign or something? He, well, yeah, he had that gimmick where he was no-fly zone, and it was like this weird shit, like he was running for office or something. That was such a shit gimmick, but he made it, like, work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that's done now. It's clearly done now, and he's just Drew Gulak. I'm a hard-ass technical wrestler like Dean Malenko or something. Yeah, speaking of technical, uh, I'm tired of seeing wrestling promotions do this where – there's two guys doing a submission, and then the third guy comes in and then does a, a submission to one of the people, or maybe both of the people at the same time. I thought, yeah, that spot was. I don't mind. There's a way to pull it off to make it work, and they didn't do it here. It was dumb. It was like they. I forget how it started. One of them put somebody else in a submission, and then I think it was Dorado ran up and put Gulak in a submission, mm-hmm. and and he let go of Carrillo. And then I was like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, every <laughs> that's time. like the that's like the shit where like the Bucks and the fucking Lucha brothers were like, Your brother's on the table. It was like your brother's on the table. Are you gonna stop me? No. Fuck it. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, because if I was, you know, competing for something and I really want the belt, I wouldn't wanna make it difficult where I might not get the belt. Because let's say one of them taps before the other. Who wins it? <laughs> 
Like Yeah, that's retarded. Just take one of the guys out and like do your finisher move on the guy that's doing the submission to the person so that you can take the person who's hurting a lot and then pin them. Or maybe put them in a submission. But, uh... Yeah. I, I thought uh, this was very sloppy, but uh, I did enjoy Gulak a lot. I think he carried the whole match, and I'm happy he did, that... He did the best he could. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that he won. So I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Okay. I got, I got two more things to say about this match. Okay. And then I'll give my score, which is... I kind of like the 205 commentary team. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that with Aiden English. Yeah, Aiden English is on there, and so are two other guys I don't know. They're like the really undercard commentators, apparently. Well, apparently one <laughs> but, of them are coming to Raw because uh, Corey Graves is going to be the SmackDown guy. Yeah, and then, like, I, I think Cole's going to SmackDown, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I heard that he was going to go to Raw, and, like, after I listened to this match, with matches commentary, I was like, these guys are good. There's, like, almost, there's no fucking stupid jokes. Like, they, they, they weren't fucking around saying stupid shit. Which we will get to when we get to the main show, because I, have, uh-huh. I, I do have things I have to say. Okay, I didn't notice it. I think I just get, I've gotten to the point on WWE, like, on... I, I, I gotta quit saying main show and stuff when I'm referring to NXT because it's not like that anymore and it really hasn't been for a little while. Mm-hmm. But I on Raw and SmackDown, the commentary for these events is fucking awful, and I, it's it's been awful for years now, like several years. And I think I've just gotten to the point where I'm immune to it unless it's like really egregiously stupid. I don't take notice to it. Yeah. And I just, I must have just tuned it out for the most part. Sometimes Graves says stuff that makes me laugh. That's all I, I recognize. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> but uh, I like the commentary team props to them. And there is something that happened in this match that really fucking fucked it up for me. Uh, what was it? The finishing sequence. It was super sloppy. Yes. Which was uh, Dorado was going for his shooting star press, which is his finisher. And. Carrillo didn't roll out of the way in time, so his legs hit him on the roll through, <laughs> and he kind of had to just no sell it. So then, uh, Carrillo gets up, doesn't move, and puts Dorado in the corner. And Carrillo goes for his finisher, which is called Aztec Press. It looks cool. It's like a weird, like slingshot fucking moonsault thing. It's really hard to describe because I haven't really seen anything like that. Mm. Uh, he only hits like one third of it. <laughs> and then Gulak comes in and just throws him out of the fucking ring and then rolls Dorado up for the pin. And then Dorado's shoulders aren't on the mat. Oh. And then the ref audibly says shoulders on the mat. And you see Dorado adjust his shoulders to the mat right after he says that. So he can get pinned and it totally ruined the goddamn finish. <laughs> I, I was like, are you guys fucking shitting me right now? <laughs> you just... You exposed the the business in the finish. <laughs> yeah, because I remember that because he's like, shoulders on the mat, and then you can see like the guy just like move his shoulders. and like, He shrugs. Yeah. He basically shrugs so his shoulders could be on the mat. And I'm like, oh my God, guys, really? You couldn't? Uh, After all the botches that had in that match, I kind of I zoned out a little bit. That's why I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. I only gave it a 0.5 because, remember, 5 out of 10 is just like, it's an average. Average. Uh, I gave this a 4.75 out of 10. 
Oh, shit. It's below average music because it was really sloppy. And that finish was terrible. Mm -hmm. That was really bad. And, like, it's not horrible or anything. It's just this could have been a, a at least average match. It could have been a good match, but there's just too many fuck-ups. It happens though. I'm not. I'm not pissed at anybody. I'm just really surprised Dorado had like such a sloppy fucking outing. Usually he's better than that. Well, I guess that's why it's on the pre-show. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Uh, speaking of pre-show, that usually never happens. But AJ Styles was on there. I thought that was really weird. And, and uh, <laughs> something I found a news story that apparently Vince wanted to bury Cedric in this match, Alexander. And I don't know, yeah. And it kind of did look like it because AJ Styles had offense pretty much throughout this whole match. Yeah, like said, got some really good offense in for like a couple minutes, Mm -hmm. and then it was like he just fizzled out and got his ass kicked. Yeah, and I (laughs) at times it was very stiff to the point where yeah they were hitting really hard and. All I have here is good for Cedric for selling everything because he sold the, <laughs> the beat up pretty fucking good. Cedric will sell for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, a lot of the wrestling in this was really good. It, yeah, it was, it was very hard hitting. It was very convincing. I liked the pace that they had because it was a really sh- it was a very short match, which is something I noted, which was kind of surprising to me. It was like nine minutes or something. Yeah, um, it was pretty quick because I, I remember seeing the uh, Styles clash on the outside, and then all yeah, of, all, like, uh, and then all of a sudden I just see the pin in the ring, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's like, sorry, I just <laughs> drinking soda here, but um, yeah, I know. Like, okay, they get back in the ring after that. Cedric does the springboard tornado flatliner, which looks cool. And then AJ just gets up and then does the scoop reverse DET. They're doing like a bunch of crazy moves. And then right after that, he loses like immediately. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And then I was like, what the hell is this? And then I thought about it. And I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. They're in Charlotte. Cedric is from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? You're losing your hometown. You're losing your hometown. That's not the first time that happened tonight. <laughs> <laughs> The stories going around that Vincent wants to bury Cedric. Why? I, I, don't I don't get it. I don't know that there's any truth to that. I, I read that and I kind of just thought, eh, I don't, I don't know if I really believe that necessarily. I, I mean, think it was just. Uh, what were you gonna say? I mean, maybe have him lose and either drop down to NXT or back to two hundred five. Maybe that's what th- they were trying to do. I think what they're doing, like. I'm not sure about this. This is just speculation on my part. I don't believe this story really because I don't think Vince really knows who the fuck Cedric Alexander is. <laughs> like, like that's what I think is real. He probably doesn't even know who the fuck he is. Yeah, and it was a but, title match, so you don't want to put something on somebody you don't know. Yeah, like what I think is going on is Cedric is getting a slow burn old school push, which is a, a really long overtime sustained push. And because he's been getting a lot more TV time lately. And uh, he's having matches with guys that are like fucking veterans and shit, like AJ. Mm-hmm. 
And AJ's the United States champion, and he's AJ Styles. He needs to look strong and maintain his status, so he probably should have lost. Yeah. I think I think this was a, a time thing. Like, they had so many matches on this card, and this match probably should have went 15 minutes, but it went 9 or 8 or whatever it was. Yeah, because they gave time to other matches that didn't really need time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a match that shouldn't even been on this card, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> There's, yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah, the next one. <laughs> oh shit no but like all overall i thought it was fast pace it was a little too fast it came off like a tv match that would be designed to help aj keep his heat which is i feel like what they were going for what i just said mm-hmm. i gave it a 6.5 oh i actually w- was lower i gave it a 5.8 just based on the fact that cedric did good selling that he got his ass kicked pretty well and like I was, I was getting into it. And it just stopped all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Like it's so. I was like, well, it wasn't bad. It was just it, it. It's like they blew their wad and it was over. <laughs> and I think we're we are gonna get that match where Cedric and AJ Styles does give us a fifteen minute fucking masterpiece because they could both fly, both of them. So yeah, I've liked every encounter they've had. Like it's been good stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's get let's get something into a, a match that I fucking despise. This is the main show now, brother. We're off the pre-show. Rog of Rog, Rog tag team title match. Robert Rude and Dolph Ziggler because Rudolph. <laughs> you call them Rudolph. Oh God. Versus <laughs> Seth, versus Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. R- Roland. Strollins. <laughs> okay, so in my notes, I said this should have been OC in the place of Seth and Braun because of what's going to be happening down the, the in the main event here. Uh, yeah. What was the point? And it, is 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 Rudolph? <laughs> That's be... not the real name. That's I, just what I call them. I know, but is is Rudolph <laughs> is Rudolph gonna be a team? Because I I how many teams has fucking Robert Rude been on? And that's fucking sad. He's been on many tag teams that don't mean anything. Uh, I can't remember any more of them actually. I know he was on a team with somebody else, but I can't remember who. Uh, he was with Gable. Oh, it was Gable. It was Gable, and I was like, that's random. And well, the, the their whole thing to begin with, their dumb mistake was they put they brought Rude in as a face on the main roster. I was like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't be a face. Like I I just don't think he's capable. Like maybe he is, but he's just such a natural heel. It's like why would you fucking take that away from him? And just I I I got disgusted when I heard about this match. Like right off the bat. I know. I was just like, why? You've ranted about it multiple times with Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate, why the fuck did they do this to the, to the OC? Why the fuck did Rollins and Strowman have this title? Why Why is this happening? <laughs> this shouldn't have been on the card at all. Like, this should have been on Raw. It was so fucking stupid to see, because... Ron does the same thing where he just he's like, I'm going to slam people and then I'm going to run out in the ring and tackle people into the barricades. And Ron it, has become pretty formulaic lately. It's really weird. 
And also Seth Rollins, too, where he's doing swing, uh, swing, swing blade or sling blade. <laughs> swing blade. Sling blade. Strollins. <laughs> suicide dive. And then he does a curb stomp. He's very cookie cutter now, uh, probably because Vince is trying to, like, make him into something that, again, forcing people down the throat. Burn it down. I'm going to burn it down. Me and my brother talk about that shit all the time, how, like, WWE has this really awful tendency to where, like, when somebody comes up with a catchphrase somehow. Champ that runs the camp. Bullshit. I mean, that stuff, AJ's not still not doing that anymore, so that's fine. It was, it actually, I don't know. It seemed genuine when he did it. Or the house that AJ Styles built. Sure, I mean, that's fine, too, because, I mean, in a way, he's right about that. <laughs> so, again, I don't know. I don't know what it is about when he did it, but it just seemed more genuine. It didn't seem like less bullshit. When Seth does this, burn it down. I'm going to burn it down. Monday Night Rollins. My girlfriend is way cooler than me. <laughs> I'm never going to let that go because it's true. You ain't wrong. <laughs> but, like... There was a pro- this- oh, what were you gonna say? There was a promo on Raw where they were doing the contract signing with uh, Braun, and like Seth did, you know, walking into Clash of Champions with two belts, and then he like pauses, like he's thinking of the line, and then he's like, "Burn it down," and I'm like, "God what? damn it!" I was like, "Why did you have to put that there? Why?" I don't know, but. Ultimately, my point is Seth is another one of those guys who I don't think is a good baby face. He's a more natural heel. Mm-hmm. I agree. And he's been like he's been totally hamstrung since the feud with Triple H. Like to me, that was the last time he had genuine like baby face kind of like heat for him. And it's gone. It's beyond played out. <laughs> Vince needs to get away from the Shield. Period. Stop making him like. <laughs> stars yeah there's so many other people that you could put in that spot i mean it, i mean seth is seth is a star he is a main event guy like it, that's legitimate it's just he's not good in his baby face role it's fucking awful yeah well they're trying to he's trying to make not to the point of roman reigns um but technically he's shoving down the throats and trying to make a face and having that catchphrase burn it down via thing it's just annoying yeah, <laughs> and then I wrote in my notes, "Rude and Ziggler champs." Oof, <laughs> that's that's. Hey, I... Bobby Rude's good, man. I, when I when I was watching this match, I, I was like, "Man, I missed Bobby Rude." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Why? Why the fuck?" I, I wish they quit. You, I mean, it's fine that he's doing something. I'm glad he's doing something as opposed to nothing. And I still like Dolph Ziggler. He just had that really fucking dumb awful funk he was in like a year or so ago um but so it's like i'm okay fine they're they're teaming together that's sure i don't know it kind of works for some reason rudolph (laughs) but i I want to i want to see a gimmick out of them i don't want them to be like oh we're just you know we're just guys that team yeah and yeah I hope during this whole change up of, you know, SmackDown being on Fox and Paul Heyman being in control of Raw and Eric Bischoff on SmackDown that they put more imagination and creative and fucking tag team division because just 
what really annoys me is stop making opposites team up. And I'm not saying that Rude and Ziggler are opposites. Seth and Braun are opposites. Nikki Cross yeah. and Alexa Bliss are opposites. Fucking Mandy Rose and fucking Sonya, whatever her name is. Uh, so- Fire and Desire. Get it right, mm-hmm. first of all. Second of all, we'll talk about them later. <laughs> yeah. But uh, since I hated this match from the beginning, I, I'm going to be biased on my rating. I give it a 3.0 out of 10. Oh, man. That's not fair. <laughs> like all right it was it was a solid match there there wasn't really anything wrong with it at all other than the booking and how they got here like they in a vacuum this is a this is a good tag match um like very it, it, it could have been on raw yeah it definitely could have been there's nothing about it that necessarily stands out as like oh my god you must see this it was good mm-hmm I don't really have anything to say with it, about it. It's, I, I gave it a 7.25 just because it was solid. There was nothing wrong. Nothing bad happened, necessarily. Nobody fucked up. And there, as far as I'm concerned, the right people won. So, but with that said, you said something about how, you know, the OC should just been here instead or something. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a thought about that while we were talking because I can multitask like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was like, you know, if they were really smart, what they should have done was Strowman and Rollins just earned a match against the OC and they, they, they fucking lost because of bullshit. They miscommunicated something. I don't know. Maybe they get a rematch. Maybe not. You don't have to do this. It's just if you're really that obsessed with them teaming up for some stupid reason, you have a hard on about that, <laughs> then do it one more fucking time and then have them lose again. And then Strowman just gets pissed and beats the fuck out of Rollins because he, that's what he should do. But I just don't understand how they got to that. What was the thinking of that? Like I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know why they did what they did. I'm just saying you could have never took the belts off the OC. You could have legitimized them further because Rollins is, Rollins has been a tag team specialist in the past. If you want to push that, but Strowman is not a team guy at all. The only thing I and, could, the only thing I could think of. It's because Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are heels that they didn't want to do a heel versus heel kind of thing. But why not? Yeah. Just do it. I don't know. I don't know. Just just put Roode back on NXT. I'm tired of him not getting used correctly. <laughs> that would be like, interesting. Um, He should be fucking main event. I don't know why he's not. That's the only thing I have to say about this. Is why is Roode in fucking... Mid card and tags. He needs to be a main event guy, or he needs to be upper mid card guy. Yeah, he, he at least upper mid card. Yeah, because he can he can work with younger guys too and help get help them get better and shit at the same time. Because everything he does is like fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fuck anything up. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I just I, I agree with your logic though. I don't like how they did what they did. It, it doesn't make any sense. But we have Rudolph now. <laughs> So there. Would you rate this match? 7.25. Damn it. I am very biased. <laughs> also, between matches, Becky had a promo, and I Amazing. thought it was a good promo. Amazing. It was very... Yeah. I, that that promo set me up for that match. Like Her, the... promos, her promo work has been on point this past month or so. Because mm-hmm. she's not with fucking burn it down. 
Yeah, she ditched her fucking lame ass boyfriend and struck out on her own again. <laughs> she's been doing this shit where it's like it she's like she's I'm in a fight, I'm gonna fuck you up. When I get a hold of you, you're done. Like it, it's perfect. Honey, why don't you burn it down and I'll be the man? <laughs> what a dork. Fucking Rollins. Fuck ne- him. Next match is the SmackDown <laughs> women's title match between Charlotte Flair Woo! and versus Bailey. Bailey buddies. Woo. Um <laughs> This match was so bipolar. Uh, to the point of, I don't know who was face and who was heel at times. Yeah, they're they're doing this thing where uh, I don't blame them because it would make no sense, and I complain when they do this kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is like all of a sudden somebody's just face, and just, all they're acting good now. Charlotte is not really changing her behavior. Yeah, but the crowd reaction has changed, and that's that's how you should do it. It should feel more natural. It's just for whatever reason, like. Bailey's being a fucking a, a dick. <laughs> it's, it's so weird, though, that I'm finally hearing it. Like, <laughs> Bailey's music is followed by booze now, and I'm like, that's really strange. <laughs> well, to the point where she, like, like they, uh, they kind of questioned it a little bit when she came out for her entrance, and then all of a sudden, Bailey buddies. Well, then again, you didn't hear Byron's action go, buddies actually Corey said something like what's the matter saxon why aren't you like baby buddies Whoa, you fucking incel <laughs> <laughs> and he's like it's not the same it's not right it's like well you know she has a point she's loyal to her friend her friend is terrible but at least she has loyalty <laughs> yeah and what i noticed in this match too is uh charlotte was going back and forth with face and heel tactics where she would be really aggressive, and the commentating team would say that, like, oh, she's, you know, she's doing a lot of offense, and she's getting in on Bailey, and then out of nowhere, she would do, like, the the boot swipes to the face, like a heel kind of thing. I'm okay with that, actually, because that's eventually the kind of spot Ric Flair settled into. Because you just, you get to a point where you get so over... And, and stuff, and you work a certain kind of style. It's like, would it be weird to see Ric Flair not do shit anymore that was cocky and shit? And, and you know, he would, like, try to belittle and humiliate his opponent in some way. It would be weird if he just suddenly stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of the point we're at now with Charlotte. She just does whatever, and it's it's her. Woo. What's the announcer, what they say? The, the queen from the... From the Queen City. I guess Charlotte, North Carolina is known as the Queen City. Yeah. From the Queen City. Char- you remember <laughs> You remember when Ryback was there and they used to say he was just from Sin City? Yeah. I always thought that was really weird. From Sin City. And it's like you mean Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> or do you mean like the comic? <laughs> like I don't know. I guess they mean, like, Las Vegas, but I've never heard anybody call Las Vegas Sin City in, like, years. <laughs> yeah. It, when they do all those, like, weird locations, I'm like, ah. Uh, do you want to be serious or do you want to be not serious? Where are we going with this? 
I guess the the possibility for this, I just now thought of this, is it would be really weird if they said from Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte. Because for a while, her name was just Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And then finally, they were like, okay, no, she's Charlotte Flair. Fuck it. So it would still be kind of weird. From Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte Flair. Okay. <laughs> just say the Queen City. I don't know. It sounds cooler. She's the Queen. Woo. I do like the <laughs> ring announcer for SmackDown. Uh, is that the dude? Yeah, the one that goes... I don't... Uh, uh, oh, fuck, what was the other thing he said? Oh, the best in the world! <laughs> Fucking Shane McMahon and all that, like, yeah. Samoa Joe! <laughs> oh, he says Samoa. Um, oh yeah, couple little points here. Uh, I like Bailey's gimmick on, on her tights now, and how she's pushing this thing where it's like, I'm a role model, I'm gonna teach your kids how to really act. <laughs> the role model thing reminds me a lot of Chris Jericho though he used to do this thing in WCW where he said he was a role model and he had it like on the back of his vest and he had like this really dorky looking fucking picture of himself on the back of his jacket <laughs> and I'm like oh Bailey's pulling the in, out of the Chris Jericho bag of tricks now <laughs> I do want to see her go full heel because I want to see how she works with that I think she has. It happened in this match, basically, because it's like she was getting her ass kicked the whole time. Yeah, and then she was doing heel tactics where she was running away. Yeah, and then, like, I don't know her. By the way, I love to finish this. I don't care, like, whatever, but, like, it, it was like she's pulling off the turnbuckle pad off the bottom, which is really odd. Nobody ever does that. Mm-hmm. And then Charlotte goes to grab her, and then she just pulls her into the turnbuckle ring. It's like, bam! And it looked awful. Like, in a good way. Yeah. And then she pins her and beats Charlotte, and then she just grabs the belt and just runs full sprint to the back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't know how I had to feel during this match, because I was that's why I said it was bipolar. Because I was like... I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, I, this is what I wrote. I wrote, Bailey wins on heel tactic. Very weird, but E for effort for storytelling, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I told story like Charlotte is too strong and is too fucking genetically superior because they want to get into that fucking that that Nazi shit for some reason, <laughs> and, and just she's too strong, she's too good, she woo. It, it, Bailey is just Bailey's, so it's, it's like you know I don't think Bailey's ever really beaten Charlotte in a match. Like I'm trying to think about that and I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think no. I'm I'm gonna say no. And this is the first time she beat her. She had to cheat and do bullshit. And then she ran away like a, a chicken shit. That was fine because people are scared to do that nowadays. People are scared to be heels because, oh, I'll look weak. Uh, yeah. I thought it was an okay. Uh, I, I liked it to the point where I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Cause... I gave it a 6.0. Oh, we're kind of dead on on this one. We're ballparking there. It kind of has suffered from the same thing, I think, that the Cedric and AJ match had, which was it It was too quick to establish anything. They, nothing was wrong with what they did. It was just too fast. Uh-huh. And it was just like, oh, okay. And then I was like, and then I thought, wait a minute. We're in Charlotte. Charlotte's from Charlotte. She lost. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's two. We're, we're down. To, it's a twofer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a trend going on. 
it was at this point in the show after this match that I wrote a note here saying, in retrospect, after having seen the Raw following the show, they should have had the King of the Ring final on this fucking pay-per-view instead of some of these matches. What was that? I'm sorry. I was. I, I said, after seeing Raw, they should have had that King of the Ring final match with Gable and Corbin on this pay-per-view instead of some of these matches. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, damn, that was such a good match. That would have, like, been crazy. Yeah, like, for example, maybe get rid of that uh, Raw Tag Team title match. <laughs> well, yeah, it, we agree on that. Like, it shouldn't really have happened. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, up next, <laughs> the revival in the New Day. Yep. Xavier Biggie. SmackDown Tag Team title match. My boys, the revival. They're oh, here. I have it in capital letters, underlined, and exclamation point. I love the revival. Yes, they're they're amazing. Uh, the I've al- I've always liked them since they started teaming the next team. Like these guys are fucking awesome. This is what tag team wrestling is all about. Uh, they yeah. do, they do tag team wrestling right to the point uh, where I have shades of the Heart Foundation with them. Brainbusters, Arn mm-hmm. and Tully. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I want to br- express. One thing I want to bring up: Corey Graves was the most annoying uh, person in this match uh, for the wrong reasons. And I get it, being a heel announcer, you need to be a heel in a way. But he, this whole match, he was screaming the whole time, like, "Oh, this is the revival," and you know. I told you you were wrong, Byron Sackton and Todd Phillips and all that stuff. Like, it's, it's annoying. It, throughout this whole match, that's all I've been hearing. Uh, there are certain times, like back then, the, the commentating team, uh, the heel announcers, they would say something, and that's it. And maybe they would poke fun here and there, but they were still professional in a way. Mm-hmm. Except for King, he was never professional. Yeah, he, he was never. I'm talking more. But it was fine. He was King. Where do you? What? Come on. <laughs> well, even like Macho Man, like he he had his his say, and that's it. But he went back to announcing. The same with B- yep. Bobby the Brain Heenan. He he made fun of uh, fucking Gorilla Monsoon, and that was it. But then he went to go talk the match. He was doing his job. This one, it seems like they have to have like a, uh, what's that, uh, Mari Povich kind of thing going on. <laughs> oh God, you said that. <laughs> yeah, where have you been? You you paid attention to that Maria fucking storyline? Yeah, and I think it's stupid, and I don't know why they're making uh, Mike Bennett, aka Mike Kanellis, in WWE like a cuck. That's what they're doing. They're doing a cuck storyline with Mike Kanellis. I feel like Vince McMahon just learned the word cuck, and that's what he's doing. No, I think this is all Paul Heyman. This reminds me of shit he'd do in ECW. Oh, God. This is this is Paul, man. And, you know, it's okay because it's kind of entertaining. Like, that fucking segment where, like, I thought it was stupid, where it's like, oh, they're revealing the, the gender. It's a gender reveal party, and then like there's just people, there's just random people back there. Like Titus O'Neil's back there, fucking Ricochet's back there for some reason. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then like, she's like, it's a boy, and it's like, who's the father? It's like Ricochet. 
and his fucking face <laughs> the face he made when that happened was like amazing i, I actually cracked up he's like what <laughs> and it caused him to get in a fight and then of course rick shay kicks his ass <laughs> well i think what happened was Paul Heyman caught wind of uh, because Ricochet's uh, leaks came out, his new leaks where he was. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to give. I, I feel bad for the guy on that. <laughs> well, let's just say that uh, Paul Heyman caught wind of it, and I think he probably thought it was funny, and he probably did bring it up to Vince, and Vince probably thought it was funny too because <laughs> maybe. But you said anyway. You said Mori Povich, and I think they're leading to like a thing where Mori Povich is going to get involved in that supposedly that's the rumor yeah i heard about that but what i was trying to bring about that is like the you know when the the guests they start screaming and just they tr they're trying to be entertaining but it's just more annoying than than entertaining i feel like that's, yeah i feel like that's what the commentating team is all about i think Corey specifically they they make him more obnoxious on purpose because you know how the commentary works right like on on main wwe tv mm -hmm. it's it's vince or somebody back there with a headset yelling at you telling you what to do exactly how you're going to say it and it's i they're forcing graves to be more obnoxious because he used to not be like that so <laughs> I, guess, I don't know <laughs> i could see vince being like Corey, make sure you uh keep on making fun of Baron byron Keep yelling at Byron. Let him know how much of a cuck faggot he is. <laughs> it's like, you know that's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything against gay people, guys. I'm just saying. This is what Vincent Mann would say. That's what he would say. Because <laughs> uh, he thinks Byron's a fucking... I guess he thinks Byron lives at home with his parents still. and He's a virgin. And he's he's all... <laughs> God damn. They just... On a weekly basis, that guy gets torn down. Yeah, and he's actually ripped the hell fucking Byron Saxton. Like, under that suit, he's fucking... He used to be a wrestler. It's just they he's not... They made him a commentator for some reason. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, match. Uh, Dash Wilder did a clothesline on Big E, and I got scared because he almost hit mm. the metal stairs. Well, Big E's a big guy. Mm -hmm. and Sometimes when he does those flips over the ropes to the outside or when he does that spear through the ropes to somebody on the outside, that always scares the shit out of me when he does that. Well, yeah, because he could hurt his knee or he could fucking... He's, well, half the time he almost lands on his head. Yeah. <laughs> he's so fucking top-heavy. He's just like he's, like, he's not tall, but he's like fucking thick. He's built like a damn fridge. And I do want and... to... Oh, sorry, go. Uh, that's all. You go ahead. I was going to say, Xavier Woods is very underrated. Oh, yes, he's great. He's a great seller. He's he's amazing at selling. Amazing at selling. And he's very quick with his moves. He's great on the mic. He's kind of like the full package in a way. He really is. And he's he's good at that. that he's really good at that selling, getting sympathy thing, actually seeming like he's really hurt. Mm -hmm. And you feel bad for him when something bad happens to him. Every time I know, like he 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 fucking does it for me. Mm -hmm. But let's see. Yeah, I I really like the match overall. There's a couple cool spots, like that part where he had Dash on the outside. He was leaning him over the apron. You know how they usually do the elbow thing to their face or something? Yeah. He was just beating the fuck out of him. <laughs> like he was just punching him in the chest over and over. 
And then a dash somehow gets out of it and then like gets him to fuck off. And then he clotheslines him off the apron. And was like, damn, that was cool. <laughs> Good spot there. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love how the revival dominate to the point of cutting them off from their teammate. Just like mm-hmm. how a, a heel team would do. And cut off the ring, do double team moves, cheat. They do all that stuff. Great. Mm-hmm. And their 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 psychology is always on point. Everything you do. And I feel like Xavier Woods carried the match, and I don't know if Big E was hurt in a way because I only saw Big E do like not hurt, but just, just he did less than what Xavier Woods did because Big E went through the ropes and then he did he went to go do his belly suplex and stuff. But, that's all I remember in the match. Belly suplex. Yeah, belly to belly. <laughs> like, am I, I think. Am well, I wrong. The formula. No, I. I think the formula is like. In my mind, it makes sense. It's like you don't want Big E to get beat up a bunch and sell everything. Mm-hmm. Exa- that's that's Xavier's spot. He's that guy. Him or Kofi. In that team. So, like, it protects E, you know, it still makes him look strong without him having to get his ass kicked so much. Sometimes he still gets his ass kicked anyway, but you don't want to do it all the time. I think the, Re- so, I think the Revival got hurt when they did the finisher on the outside because they both hurt, held their back. Either that or they just sold it. It's just like, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. There's a couple things, though, a couple other things this match I thought was weird. The commentary, Saxton was complaining that the revival are, have gotten really vicious, and they they tried to mess up Xavier's knee, and I think that's because of Randall. He didn't say Randall. I call Randy Orton Randall sometimes. <laughs> it's because I always have. It's because of Jericho. One time he just called him Randall, and I I, I fucking laughed at that. And ever since then, ever since Jericho called him Randall, I call him Randall. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway. He was like, it's because of Randy that they're, that they're like this now. I'm like, motherfucker, they've been fucking people's knees up since NXT. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They they do that thing where they wrap the guy's knee up, and then he, the other one's like, jump off, kick him. And he stomps his knee and it breaks it, and they fuck him up, and they put him in figure fours. and they, They've done that shit forever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That just bothered me. <laughs> what did you think of the ending where uh... – Corey Graves started going. What are you, What are they doing? I I called them the greatest tag team of all time. But what? Why are they doing this? Just go for the pen. I uh, at first I was like, what? This is kind of weird. What are they doing? Mm. And then I, after the fact, I kind of got it. They just wanted to fucking punish them and fucking rub it in and shit. Which heels do? Which they were doing? And it, I was like, no, you know what? That's fine. That totally fits in with what they're doing. Hmm. Love the promo at the end, too. I thought the promo was fucking great. Yeah, it was a good post-match promo. I I like that they've been kind of doing that kind of thing lately, where sometimes they catch a guy after the match and just do quickly post-match promo. You know? Uh, Sorry. uh, I I think they should do that more often. Like, you don't need to have segments, sort of say, like how they've been doing promos and it just fall flat or it looks stupid. Just how they do these no do these end promos or even before the match and stuff, just do that, and let them 
let them do the promos on themselves uh, on their own on themselves on their own so that you know it feels genuine because the whole you know being revived kind of thing was fucking cool i love when he says to the yeah. fans you're revived now <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they would make it more of an effort to not just have all promos be the same which is like there's a fucking interviewer back there that's really stiff and robotic mm-hmm. and they're standing in front of a tv somewhere backstage and they ask him questions it's they, they've been in different locations and stuff like that post-match and then they're like they're doing that thing lately where michael cole's just sitting with somebody in a room and just asking him questions and that's fine too because at least that's different mm-hmm. but other than that there's only other one thing i want to call out here and it was just it goes to psychology stuff and working and there was like a part where dawson was like clawing at ease nose and he was positioning himself to where the referee could never see what he was doing. That's he kept awesome. like, he kept getting in his way and, and, but like the referee couldn't quite figure out what he was doing. And just when he gets into the angle where he could see what he's doing, Dawson stops and he just elbows him in the head, like immediately. <laughs> I'm like, that is fucking working right there. People need to pay attention to shit like that. Yeah, they need to. That's why I think revival is like <clears throat> the, the epitome of fucking tag team. Yeah, or just that's just good wrestling. Period. Like everybody should be paying attention to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you score it? Eight point zero out of ten. Seven point seven five. Jeez, so close. We're, we're doing... to me. It, yeah, it was really good. It's just I know both these guys, both these teams can have a better match. Is that that's all? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, but we're, we've been pretty close on some of the matches. Well, the ones that I'm not biased on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but moving on from a great tag team match to probably a boring match, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Title Match: Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Fire and Desire. Yep. Versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And I, right off the bat, I just want to say I hate Nikki Cross's fucking entrance music, where it's just screaming. Uh, I think she needs a different interest theme now because she's kind of dropped that gimmick. Basically, she's not insanity anymore. Sanity is disbanded. Uh, I don't know what what Eric Young is doing, but he needs to be doing something. It's bullshit that he's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Agree. I hope but he goes back to NXT. There's another guy that could just sit back to NXT to just do good work. Like I don't know. But what what do you think about this? Uh. Thought this could have been another raw match. Felt it felt like it, especially when you have the twenty four seven spot happening, which takes away from the match, in my opinion. I did laugh at the segment before this match. I did that. That kind of got a laugh out of me. <laughs> yeah, that promo was good, and I I wrote in my notes. I said the twenty four seven spot was funny, but dumb and takes away from the match when they all came inside the ring and stuff, and like to try to. Pin him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I had yeah, I have mixed feelings on that because I kind of like, I kind of like the twenty four seven thing, but I don't like how it bleeds over into matches going on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just tells me that they don't have any uh, uh, confidence in any of the wrestlers in there because Mandy Rose is good, Sonya is good, but again, 
where I said opposites are teammates. Yeah, they were on a team or a stable at one point, but I kind of don't see them as a, a a tag team, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overlooking it. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross shouldn't be a, t a team. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm tired of seeing the whole, um, you're going to be my bodyguard. Hey, let's be friends, even though we're, we were heel and face at some point. Well, hang on about this one. See, because I was thinking the same thing before I actually started watching the shows again. And because I agree with you, too. I, they really overuse that whole, this team can't get along. It's going to combust at some point. Mm-hmm. There's conflict here when they just put two people together to make a team. It's not a team. Manny and Sonya are a team as far as I'm concerned because they've, they've been attached at the hip since they got called up. They're a team, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of like the Iconics. They're a team, too, because they've been attached at the hip ever since NXT. But uh, when I started watching this thing, uh, I started paying more attention to the shows recently. I was like, I noticed, oh, they're changing Nikki's character a little bit. They're tweaking it. She's not as crazy anymore. Mm -hmm. She actually can cut a promo without seeming like a psycho. <laughs> like, uh, at first, this played out like, oh yeah, it looks like Alexa Bliss is just taking advantage of, of her because she's kind of kind of a badass a little bit in the ring. Mm -hmm. But it looks like it's changed into this weird thing where it looks like they actually kind of weirdly became friends and it looks like she kind of trusts her, believe it or not. I, that's what I get from this anyway. One thing I want to say about Nikki is I hate her body language. Uh, yeah, she's still doing a lot of that nutso fucking sanity stuff. and She's doing it less, mm -hmm. but she, she needs to cut, cut it way down now because... In the, the segment she has with Alexa where they're, like, just doing a promo or she's doing the the moment of bliss thing, you know, the little talk show. Yeah. She seems pretty normal and chilled out during that. Like, she seems, like, just totally fine. <laughs> it's just, like, it's so weird that you just, you're, like, normal and you can have a normal conversation. Then you go, <laughs> like, like, you're the fucking Tasmanian devil or some shit. Because yeah, I, I wrote in my notes, I'm like, Nikki Cross, is, is she on drugs? Like, is she on, like, cocaine at this point? Because she does that fist-pumping Tasmanian devil kind of thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> it's so annoying. She doesn't, yeah, I think I think hopefully they're getting to a point where they're just going to phase that because already her character's pretty different now. Uh. But I, I like them together. They're kind of entertaining together. And I don't know. I just do. Hopefully, I, I, I miss when they used to name their teams. Like, I Fire and whatever their name is. Fire and Desire. Fire and Desire. Who's the fire and who's the desire? Desire is Mandy Rose, obviously. And fire, uh, yeah. Fire. <laughs> I even wrote in my notes, Mandy Rose is hot. I agree with Corey Graves. I like that, like, when this match was starting, like, Corey Graves had conflicted feelings because Alexa was in this match and so was Mandy. Because he's always like, the goddess is here! Shut up, Cole! Shut your fucking mouth! <laughs> like, every time she comes out. And then, like, when Mandy comes out, Byron says, like, Byron, shut the hell up! <laughs> <laughs> let me let me enjoy this. <laughs> but, like, it was like he didn't know what to say. And then I think, I think 
like Renee Young was like, are you okay, Corey? And he's like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the part where Nikki Cross does the Val Venus sexy pose thing and made it. Oh, that that made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, because it was very awkward. And then like Corey Graves is like, oh, oh." he's like, oh, God, oh, (laughs) just completely overdoing it. Like, I think this was an example of him. Like, he was probably told to overact that shit, and he went with it, and it worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. I chuckled at it. I, I thought it was funny. But then I cringed right away because, uh, what's her face? The Renee, Renee Young is like, oh, that's sexy. I'm like, why? Well, you ruined it. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's pandering. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, Nikki Cross, like, honestly, like, I don't know, the way they make her look and stuff, you wouldn't think it. But if you look, find some pictures of her before she went to WWE, she's pretty fucking hot, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she, she cleans up real good. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I only have, like, a few little incidental notes here. Like, yeah, that part where Nikki was making fun of Mandy was funny. Alexa was selling... And it's different for her because she's a face now. Yeah, one thing I want to bring up about Alexa is because I noticed she was having concussion issues. Did you notice that Nikki Cross is carrying the team more? Like she's doing more of the heavy work and Alexa's more of like little stuff here and there? I think it was good. It would be like that anyway, just because that makes sense in terms of the story. But uh, yeah she had some multiple concussions that that kind of piled up on her and she needed some extra recovery time from that. And she's apparently she said something like they're still figuring out like, you know, what she can do and what she can't do kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like because she was gone for so long, it, it people missed her. And then, so it's like, ever since she got back, she kind of was, like, weirdly quasi-face anyway. But I was like, oh, you know, she's she's selling, and it's it's looking good and stuff. And you feel bad for her because she's so small. She's so little. She's, like, five feet. Everybody's bigger than she is. <laughs> she's so small that she had to make her boobies bigger. Oh, whatever, you know, that's her, that's her decision. At least they're not, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I agree. She didn't. That. She didn't go like, "Oh my God, I've got double D thirty eight now." It's like, <laughs> no, God damn. But um, what else do I got? Uh, it was solid. I didn't really have any problem with it. It was kind of fun. I thought it was mostly like a good character work kind of match. This is another biased uh, rating for me uh, because I don't really care for women's tag team. I think they don't deserve a division yet because they've been using the same teams over and over again for the division. And I feel like it's shrunken since the last time that they had a lot of uh, teams. And I feel like they're, they don't show enough people in a division. Like, I always feel like it's just Mandy Rose and Sonny Deville uh, uh, and Alexa. Iconics. Yeah, and oh, I forgot about them, those annoying people. They job. They're annoying, but they're hilarious. I'll disagree with you on that one. <laughs> they're freaking funny. <laughs> I gave it a 4.0 out of 10. See, I gave it a 7. 
See, I'm biased. Because it, one. I mean, you're not wrong about what you're saying. I, I don't disagree. It's just like uh, ever since that when they took those titles off uh, Sasha and Bailey, it kind of killed the division. Mm-hmm. They were kind of the, they were kind of the centerpiece, and they needed a centerpiece, and then they gave it to a team that can't win. <laughs> like like who did they who I like the iconics they're funny who did they ever beat though they didn't beat anybody yeah they stole the win in WrestleMania pretty much and then but but but, but before that just thinking about all the matches they had they don't beat anybody they lose all the time mm-hmm. they're basically a jobber tag team they're a jobber heel comedy team <laughs> so but uh like. This was a good match. There was nothing wrong with it. Everything was fine. They did good character work in the ring. That, that came across more than anything. And, you know, it was fine. I liked it. Seven. Seven. There we go. We're different on this one. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll be the same on this uh, gem here. Uh, WWE <sighs> Intercontinental Champion match. Uh, the Miz versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Who is the champion? Yeah, who's the Intercontinental Champion? And the first thing I have is, why is Shinsuke in a cape? They've tweaked his look, and I don't like it. It's weird. It's like they wanted to start making him wear these Power Ranger outfits. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. And Sammy is his manager because... Because. Just because? Because I think, I think they don't know what to do with him, honestly. Uh, which is dumb because it, it's like they, they, he had, a, he had something going with like that heel work. I think he, he was really onto something with that. And you know, after he came back from his injury and he was like, you, you fans are so hard to please. It's impossible. Like he was basically just shit talking like how fans are about wrestling sometimes. And it was, I honestly thought it was cool. <laughs> and I thought it was had, interesting, but they always do that. I, I feel like, Vince McMahon used Sami Zayn to like make fun of the fans, which again is good if you stick with the gimmick a little bit and make a thing out of it. But they never made a thing out of it. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was just I thought he was getting traction with this, and then it was just he just kept losing, and now he's just a manager for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. It's just, don't get me wrong; he's a good talker, and it's really funny because this guy used to not talk ever. He used to say like I don't know El Generico, I'm fighting for the orphanage, Olay. Like that what the fuck? It's such a basic nothing promo. And now he's like to me, he's like one of the best natural talkers they have. But apparently some people in the office find him annoying. Like they, they don't like like the way he talks and shit. Or something. Because I think he's a uh, just like Kevin Owens, even though they they kinda do push Kevin Owens here and there. But they're indie darlings, so I don't know. I don't know that it's that. It's just it's something I've heard. Supposedly, Sammy's kind of an odd guy, anyway. Like something like his behavior can be off-putting sometimes. Yeah, uh, this is coming from an industry that had very odd balls in in wrestling. So, like, oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, wrestling's full of all kinds of legitimately insane people and shit. But, but like. I, I've been heard. I've heard from people. Even Kevin Owens, a guy who's like, best I friend. guess, real. He's his best friend. He says, 
Sammy's kind of a weird guy. He could be described as neurotic. <laughs> so, and then they, they say that on commentary. It's like, he's so annoying. I can't stand him. They, they say that over and over. And it's weird. Well, I also wrote that the announcers annoying are, are annoying in this match too. Where, uh... Oh yeah. They were just, they were checked out for this one. It was fucking bullshit. I didn't pay any attention to them. What happened to the Miz, uh, man? The Miz fell off the map after Shane McMahon. Yeah, he just he fell right the fuck off. I don't know. Apparently, he's been on a losing streak thing for some reason. I don't know why. List. I used to hate the Miz legitimately. Me too. Not like not like a heel thing. Like I was like I fucking can't stand this guy. I can't. I don't like him on my TV. Yeah, I am awesome. Um, That's stupid. Like, I used to hate this guy. And then within the last few years recently here, he's he's pulled through somehow and, and put it together. Mm-hmm. And to me, he's he's not a great wrestler in the ring by any means. He's he's just okay. But he's the kind of guy where if you put him with a certain other guy, you they can have really good matches together. Ever since he did that work shoot on the Talking Smack. I was oh, like, against Daniel Bryan? Yeah, that, that's when I was like, oh... He could be a good like promo person, and you could. That was always his. That was always his strong point was talking. I couldn't take that away from him, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Was you, that? But you could have made a, a thing out of it because remember, uh, Daniel Bryan called him safe, where he's always doing the same moves over and over again and not going on the top rope. Uh, yeah, which, which I thought was weird because he he showed Daniel Bryan that through the Shane McMahon match where he started doing these weird outrageous things with Shane McMahon. I feel like they sh- well, he, sh- he should have done that with Daniel Bryan where they made a story well, out of it. Maybe, but like I think part of his point like if I remember what Miz was saying it was something like, "Well, the reason why I work the way I do is because it keeps my career going." Unlike you, Daniel. Mhm. You know, he's like, "I don't have broken neck and concussions and, and shit and i'm able to work all the time and i have a long i'm gonna have a long career and i'm gonna be here for a long time unlike you <laughs> like he's not wrong mm-hmm. like so like in my mind no miz would never do that against him why because it kind of defeat the point he's making well, no. but what, what but I, with oh go ahead what i mean with a storyline is like whatever he does uh that is safe never puts anyone down so he would have to do a high risk maneuver once to maybe get that win i don't know oh i i thought you were gonna say like maybe he tries to do one one time and he fucks up and he loses because that would be like really funny that would be funny too (laughs) like that that kind of thing but no like uh yeah anyway like yeah, I have a note about here. Like, I don't know why Sammy's a manager. He's getting heat, I guess. He's he's doing good heel work. Uh, I I also thought this shouldn't have even been on the show at all because I didn't. I wasn't even aware they were building an Intercontinental Title match at all. Mm-hmm. I don't. WWE doesn't understand Shinsuke at all. It's like after he got out of NXT, it was just I don't fucking know. Apparently, he's popular in Japan. I just wrote it was an average match. I lost interest right away, and this should have been on another match that should have been on Raw or SmackDown. Meals not uh, meals. <laughs> Miz is not a good babyface. 
Mm-hmm. He's go back to heel bad. Yeah, uh, I, I give it a five point out of ten. Okay, and then let's see. Two more things. Mm-hmm. If you notice this, whenever Miz has a match, he he always does this, and it's always wrong. You know how he'll work on somebody's leg, mm-hmm. and then he'll do a figure four, and when he does a figure four, he wraps the wrong leg. It's the opposite leg that he's working. <laughs> and he always like switches his legs. It's like he forgets what he's doing or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't like his figure four. That's just like a pet peeve. Yeah, I don't like that either. It's just and he never did it good. And the only thing I have to say is these guys. This goes back to what I was saying with Miz. Is these guys don't have good chemistry together in the ring. It's just I don't know. Shinsuke is not the guy to have a match with Miz. I don't think it just it didn't ever work. Nothing they did was wrong. Nothing was egregious. Nothing was bad. It just was meh. So I gave it a 5.25. Oh, we're pretty close on that one. Yeah. Cool. Now let's get to a good match. Yes, the good match. To me, this was the best match. Hold on, let me check my scores really quick. Yep, that's the best match. <laughs> By quite a bit for me. Um, I wrote... This match told a story. It was Becky and Sasha for the Raw Women's title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much four horse women, you know, trying to go at each other. Obviously, the attack that she did with the chair was a big thing, and Becky Lynch wanted to beat the shit out of her. Um, mm-hmm. Becky is great when she's aggressive. When she's very offensive, yeah. it shows that she uh, can control the match. And that she has power. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to say, this is probably one of Sasha's best matches I've seen in a long time. I agree Uh, with that, too. uh, I didn't see any botches from her. I love the whole back and forth of submissions where she did her uh, bank statement. And, you know, the other was the disarmor with Becky. Uh... I wrote, now this is how you do submissions compared to the pre-show match with the triple threat uh, cruiserweight title. Yeah. Uh, Where instead of like, it looks like they're just going through motions, putting each other in holds. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was, they mixed it in with offense and it was counters. It was doing a sequence. It was like, Becky does that pump handle exploder suplex thing. And then Sasha reversed it. And then put her across face, and then they were countering each other's holds. It looked like a fight. It didn't look like fucking bullshit. Yeah, it didn't look cartoony in any way. Yeah. Um, what I don't like what Sasha did is she does this thing when somebody kicks out, like she starts crying. Oh, I think that's funny. I like that. <laughs> I'm like, she's like, ah! she starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what she used to do when she was heel. Uh, I didn't. I don't like it because when she came back, she was a badass. Like I felt like she was, you know, nothing can face. She's her. back. Yeah. Yeah, but when somebody kicked out, like she starts crying, like eh, I'm like, stop it. It's how she always was before. She's like frustrated. She's like, you know, she's like, I'm the fucking best. This shouldn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like that. <laughs> This was a pretty long match, uh, I will say. Especially the ending, when it started getting out of control. 
Um, yeah, where it broke down after Becky accidentally hit a referee with a chair and he died. <laughs> <laughs> she killed him, I think. Well, <laughs> here's one thing I don't get what WWE does is um, when they try to do these spots where the the good person or the, the face-ish person is going to get a DQ. Um, why does the heel always make it obvious in front of a referee that sees the weapon come with a chair and pretty much trying to throw away the match? It, is it Was Sasha giving up to the point where she was like, fuck it, I'm just going to hit her with a chair and do a DQ? Uh... Yeah, I didn't understand why she did that at the time. Like, it, to me, that's all I could think of is she's like, F- I can't win this one, fuck it. I may as well try to do some damage and get out of this, which is an old heel trick, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. What, what confused me was is this was odd because, yeah, Becky hit the ref by accident and then was just like, well, fuck it, I'm not done beating her ass <laughs> and just goes after her. Mm-hmm. And then they fight through the crowd, which I'm a huge sucker for. I like crowd fights. I don't know. It's just cool. And they fight through the crowd bunch. And then this goes on for like, I don't know, about uh, almost 10 more minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. It was really and long in the crowd. I, I didn't mind it. It was it was cool because that, usually that doesn't happen with the women. They don't do that. Uh, and it was like they got back and then all of a sudden, like, she was going to whip her ass more and then a bunch of referees came out and then it was just done. And then she was disqualified. And I'm like, usually when the ref goes down by accidentally getting hit or something, another one just comes out and the match continues. Mm-hmm. Like anybody could have seen clearly. She didn't mean to do that. <laughs> so it's just WWE never, never consistent on that. No, like stuff with refs is always screwy and it's never consistent. I bitched about that a bunch on AEW. <laughs> like I was like, it's worse than WWE right now. What the hell? Like, <laughs> one thing I have written here, the last thing actually is, I loved the match, but I kind of hated the ending. I said I get, I get it to make Sasha look good, uh, or look strong in a way, but should have either made Sasha win dirty, meaning when she came in with the chair to hit her with the chair and get caught somehow or have Sasha get caught. Oh, I just said that. (laughs) Uh, Or just have, you know, put the belt on Sasha because having her lose again is just, why did you put her there? That's another thing I want to bring up. Sasha cried after WrestleMania when they took the belt off of, uh, I mean, cried in real life and complaining that they took the belt off of her and Bailey, And then she pretty much in protest cried on Twitter and just never showed up to work. But then she gets, and then she gets rewarded to a title match. Well, the thing about that, the stuff that happened at WrestleMania, I'm not sure how much of that was real other than the shit she was posting on her own Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't know about some of that other shit where it was like supposedly her and Bailey did the shit where they just laid on the ground in the fucking locker room in protest and they were crying in the hotel room or something. I don't know about any of that shit. I don't don't necessarily believe that. But she still didn't show up to work and 
pretty much talk shit on Twitter a lot. Well, I think well, apparently in her, they did like a special thing. So like, I don't know. This is another thing you take it with a grain of salt. I don't know how much of it's true, but I can believe it in this case is she said she needed a break because she'd been working honestly ever since she was like 18 which that's a really long time to go without having an injury and having you getting a break i guess but like, like that because like, at this point she's like 20 she's in her she's hitting her late 20s and she's been wrestling for almost 10 years straight that's a long time but it still so, doesn't change the fact that you shouldn't get a title match right away well i mean why not? I mean, she's she's one of their biggest stars. It'd be kind of dumb to not put her in a situation like that. Because again, I, my point is, I don't know how much of this her of her bitching is real. Because I don't know, but like I, I'm inclined to believe not really. I think she she really just did step away because she was burned out, kind of thing. She asked for time off. I think I don't know. She was kind of tweeting about AEW subliminally. Uh, everybody's doing that. They're doing that shit where they're working everybody on the internet. It'd be dumb for her to like, well, I don't know. It, she's got a guaranteed deal. She always wanted to be a WWE. It's kind of like, it doesn't really quite add up. Mm. For me. I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with you. I think, I think she did go on a, a temper tantrum and she got what she wanted. But then again, she lost. She didn't lose. She got disqualified. Or she didn't get disqualified. Becky disqualified herself. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. To me, that's, <laughs> I, I can't. I count that as a loss. I mean, you didn't get the she belt. Did. No, she didn't lose. <laughs> All right. She didn't get the belt, meaning it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a positive for her. And booking-wise, I guess it is a positive because she still looks pretty strong. It's a it's a lateral move. They went sideways because it was just, and I'm okay with this. This is something that I think a lot of a lot of wrestling fans complain about too much nowadays, and they don't do it enough, and it causes them to complain. Mm-hmm. Which is you can't. Not every match has to end decisively all the time because it's fucking predictable. It because th- that's an old trick they used to do a lot more, which is sometimes a match would just end in a crazy fucking weird finish or something. Yeah, but have yeah. a have a person that's always been losing, still not get a win. It hurts what, more more than when did she lose? Ever since she came back, what match did she lose before this? Uh, okay, this let me re- let me rephrase this. <laughs> She's been losing before this match. She still didn't get over. Meaning, I I'm, never mind. That's all I'm gonna. I don't. Say. I, <laughs> I don't think like the only match she lost up to this point before that was the tag match at WrestleMania. <laughs> like that was it. Do you think this is so? Gonna, it's like. Do you think this is gonna be a feud? Go, because I don't see this being a feud. Maybe it's like, still going. Maybe like a couple of matches here and there, but I, I don't see Sasha getting the belt at all. I think she's gonna get it. I think WWE tipped their hand already. Because they, they dumbly put down a SmackDown promotional image that has Becky Lynch on it. <laughs> they, I think it was a goof. Like, I think somebody fucked up. But ever since I saw that, I'm like, she's getting this title. It's it's a done deal. <laughs> I'll be highly surprised if she doesn't win it. Well, then when she gets it, 
will they keep it on her? That's the question. It'll keep it on her for as long as she can be healthy without having a minor injury. Because she had that issue before when she had her big run with Charlotte. She was getting little minor injuries that would take her off the shelf for like a month or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, like I was saying, no serious injuries where she had to just go away for like six months or a year. It was just minor things. Um, this is still going on. It's they're having a hell in a cell match, uh, actually. Oh, so hell in a cell. Ugh. It's okay. Ugh. I have different thoughts. I don't. I'm not against them having a hell in a cell match. I have. I, I don't like themed pay per views. I fucking don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, let's. Does I have anything to say about this shit that I didn't get to say? I'm looking real quick. Oh, I like the part where they're fighting in the crowd and they go to the concession stand and then Becky shoots a bunch of mustard down her back. She put a yellow stripe down her back, brother, calling her a coward. Oh, but <laughs> by the way, sorry. We have a viewer in here, uh, Godstreams. Welcome. Uh, he says, heal Sammy sucks and blows. That's what he said. And he says... He doesn't this- suck. What else uh, do you say? He said, well, he, I wasn't answering him, and he's like, is this pre-recorded? No, it's not pre-recorded. <laughs> Sorry, we were having a debate about about Sasha Banks. <laughs> um, I'm making sure. Uh, nope, I don't have anything else to say. You kind of covered a lot of the shit I did. Uh, I was okay with the finish because I'm, I don't know, people complain about that too much, I think, when it happens sometimes. Because it's like, if every match ends decisively all the time, it really limits your tools, like what you can do to, to extend a feud. Mm-hmm. People aren't used to longer feuds. I noticed that too. When the, a feud actually is long, and people used to complain about how short they were. When they actually go a length like how they used to, people bitch about it and complain that, oh my god, it's so played out. It's stale. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this finish it, they didn't finish it was a disqualification it was some, It was like like which is it god damn it you can't complain about stuff and then when they bring it back complain about it like <laughs> yeah it's, it, I, well, I think it should have ended where Sasha got annoyed and hit the chair that would have been fine like what you're saying if she DQ'd herself mm-hmm that would have been that would have been fine too. I would have been okay with that because it would look like then the the feud could still go because Becky would be mad because she threw away the match and was like, "I want you in a match where you can't do that." Hell in a cell. It still makes sense. Yeah. So what do you score it? Eight point oh. Actually, I'm going to change that since I had the revival hate- the revival there. So I'm going to put it a nine point oh out of ten. Oh wow! Yeah, I thought you were gonna go make it go lower because you were like, "I hate Sasha Banks." <laughs> no, I'm not gonna be biased. I I, I love the match. I thought the match was great. Just the ending kind of confused me a little bit. I gave it an eight point five. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, coming from the best match of the night, I think we're we're gonna get into a. This was yeah. A Randy Orton match, and I Randall think... Keith Orton, and I said that you know what I... that stands for? What R K O? 
And the reason why we are saying it really, really slow is because this match was slow. JR would say this was methodical. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the WWE title match with Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston. Kobe Johnston. (laughs) I wrote... Do you remember that guy... Hang on real quick. You remember, like, uh, God damn, I think this was, like, ten years ago now uh, when they were on that real big kick of having a guest general manager on Raw all the time. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, this guy. I can't remember who the fuck. No, it wasn't. It was Mike Adamley. You remember when Mike Adamley was the Raw general manager for, like, three months or something? Yeah. <laughs> and he said he didn't get anybody's names right. He said, like, he called Kofi Kingston Kobe Johnston. Yeah, I remember. And that. he he did, and he said he Evan Bourne. He called him Evan Braun, and he said they were going to wrestle at Summerfest. Oh man! <laughs> sorry to... <laughs> I'm sorry. It just reminded me of that. Goddamn WWE and Vince McMahon. Summerfest. <laughs> Evan Braun. Goddamn. Uh, my notes are this. Uh, okay. Randy Orton's slow same template of template of moves where he puts headlocks throws them into the ropes does a power slam does the ddt off of the ropes then does the the uh slam where he he lifts him up and then throws him onto the announcing table seen hey that's a good move yeah i've seen this match (laughs) a thousand times from randy orton and, okay. Um, I said it was too long of a match, probably because it was slow. Uh, I think the feud is stale now. I think it's over now. <laughs> yeah, since Randy got the L. Uh, they, they haven't they haven't interacted anymore since then. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish they brought Randy Orton and the Revival as a, a stable. Because the new legacy would be pretty cool. And I guess they're not going to take the belt off of Kofi to put on Randy Orton. Because at this point, I think Randy Orton is just a guy that's going to put people over. I think, yeah, he's he's shifted into that spot. Because he's a veteran. He's been there for a while. He's got a lighter schedule now. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I guess he's earned it, really. Uh, He's... A guy they could probably rely on if they need him. They need him to do that, but yeah, it seems like anymore he's just having matches with guys. He's doing storylines. He's he's doing the Shawn Michaels thing. Yeah, which well, he's not Shawn Michaels. But... Oh hell no, he's not Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not burying Orton. Here's the thing. I'm about Randy Orton with me is he's. I don't think he's a bad wrestler at all. It's just that I think he gets into like patterns sometimes. And if he's not, to me, it seems like if he's not really motivated, he can just get kind of like predictable in what he does. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen him have good matches with people and I've seen him do some pretty incredible stuff sometimes. And then he'll go like long periods of time where he doesn't do anything that's interesting or impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's got charisma. He he can do a promo. It's just I don't know. He he settles into like a coast, and that's that's him. 
Well, I thought the the whole revival and Randy Orton thing was was getting interesting to the point I was like, oh, what is happening here? The veterans gonna teach the you know the younger talent to how to do things, but it just fuck. I, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I don't. Yeah, I don't know because I haven't seen Orton on TV since that. So maybe maybe it's not over. We'll see. I guess, but. uh I like the build and story for this feud. Mm-hmm. Continuity. They actually, you know, paid attention to that. Yeah, the stupid storyline. I mean, I, the stupid meaning what they said in uh, their promos. Yeah, which it was a reference to an incident from, from 10 years ago when they had a, a feud. Stupid, um, stupid. I noticed Kofi got a mixed reaction when he came out. Did you notice that? Yeah, because I think... I think he's getting to the boring stage of being a champion because I I don't agree with it because I think if they put him in more feuds that make sense like this one where he had history of Randy Orton that it could be better but at this point he's winning all the time and he's still the, the new day or he's I don't know what I'm trying to say at this point. <laughs> I, I know. I think I know what you're getting at, which is it seems like Kofi doesn't. He's not coming off like he's a serious champion kind of guy, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he did have that moment at SummerSlam where he, he lost his shit and beat the hell out of Orton with a chair. That was a step in the right direction. But then it was like he came out here and like there was that shit with his family and all that shit. And he came out here throwing pancakes and shit. And I'm just like. He Weren't you to... fucking pissed that he fucked with your family? <laughs> he needs to be repackaged. I I think either something needs to happen where Big E breaks up the New Day, or it would be interesting if Kofi becomes a heel, but that would never work because Kofi is heel. I don't know if he. I don't know if he can. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a Ricky Steamboat guy. He's just going to be face forever. Yeah, I can't imagine him any other way. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I think being a member of the New Day and pimping the New Day act like that, are you still doing shit like that when it should be serious? He should be – I thought he was mad at Orton. Why is he coming out doing that shit? Like, shouldn't he have resentment still from when he called him stupid? and kind of fucked his career, and then he fucked with his family? Why is he throwing pancakes? And why is his, <laughs> why does his chest look weird? He, he just, I don't know, some people look weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I have been digging a lot of Orton's work since he came back this year. His promos have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, if he could just adopt, which I think he's starting to incorporate this, his fucking Twitter speak... When he says so, he does not give a fuck on the internet. He says whatever the fuck he wants, and he'll never get punished for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, he's he's, hit, he's he's hit that status where uh, he's got the Undertaker, Austin, Rock, and Triple H. You can say whatever you want. He's got a job for life there. He's never going away. He's he's fucking set. Mm-hmm. And uh. He did a, I'll call it a relaxed heel pace where he's like that. He's doing that shit where he's grinding him down and shit. But he did, he did speed up a couple times in that match. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I like that part where he feigned that shoulder injury and suckered Kofi in, and he like poked him in the eye, and he was making fun of him when he was doing the chops. Yeah, that was funny. I was surprised at how this match ended, where it was just like Kofi just hit a troubled paradise out of nowhere and beat him after one of them. Just one. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, you know, it was, I thought it was pretty good. It was a little too slow, I think, for Kofi's style. I think it should have been a little faster. Yeah, I, I gave I gave this an average score. I was like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. Down the middle, I gave it a 5.0 out of 10. I gave it a 6.75 because it, to me, it did what it was designed to do, mm-hmm. which was, like, I don't think anything bad happened. Like, my only real complaint was it was it was a little too slow because it, for Kofi, mm-hmm. and he could he couldn't get out the gate, do all that high speed shit like he usually does that gets people you know fired up kind of thing. Yeah, uh, but. This needed to happen for Kofi because it's a it's a main event level feud with against a guy who's established and it legitimizes his title rate and his main event status. He needed something like this. I actually agree with what you just said, but I'm, yeah. st- I'm still going to give it a 5.0. <laughs> hey, that's fine. It's subjective, you know. What do you oh, give it? There's a fun segment. Oh, yeah, uh, 6.75. Sweet. Uh, Street Profit segment with with Booker. Yeah, what'd that you was think that of was that? funny. I freaking thought it was great. <laughs> Do you think Booker T should be their manager? I don't think they need a manager. Uh, like apparently, book what Booker said about this segment was he was trying to get across to them they need to quit fooling around and get street and fucking take this shit serious. And I was like. I kind of see that now. I see what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. you're saying they, they goof off too much, you think. Which I can agree with that, I think. Yeah, it would be interesting to see Booker T as a manager. Like, maybe if he just did this short, like, thing where he tries to mentor them for, like, a month or something. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but they don't need a manager. Because Montez Ford can fucking talk all day. Oh, yeah. Angelo Dawkins isn't bad either when they play off each other. So it's like, yeah, they don't, they don't need a mouthpiece. It's it's pretty much what you said, just like to calm them down a little bit. We're Did getting you... serious. Yeah, they just when when shit gets serious, they need to be serious. Did you, <laughs> Did you fucking <laughs> like it? God damn it! That reminded me of that segment on Raw where like they were doing the the Maria thing, and then like the it was like shortly after that. They were talking about like a what the fuck like Montez said something like oh, a pregnancy test on a pole match and Maria on a pole match and then <laughs> Angelo Dawkins goes, bruh, that's how she got in trouble to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> she was on a pole. I was like, oh my god, they really just say that. <laughs> I fucking love was, street prof- that, profit. That, it was funny as shit. <laughs> you no, know, you know it's not funny like shit. Uh, no. This no DQ match with Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Okay. Um, this the story was a disaster ever since. Uh, <clears throat> pretty much the the whole uh, forklift scene. <laughs> that one girl, that girl is like the backstage announcer. I don't fucking know her name because they have like eight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just seems like over seems overkill, but like that she she got all defensive and shit because people said her acting was bad in that segment. She like bitched on the internet. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, dude, you're on the fuck. You're you're a fucking public figure. Just I don't know. It's it's a bunch of fucking retards on the internet bitching about your acting. Just calm down. <laughs> but I agree with you. This storyline's been really weird, and it seems very nonsensical. And it really and apparently it was revealed they weren't real sure what the fuck they were doing. Mm-hmm. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Bryan was supposed to be the culprit and that fell through for some strange reason probably because they knew that Daniel Bryan was going to get a cheer more than Roman uh, Reigns yeah Roman's kind of in this weird spot now where it's like he doesn't really get he doesn't get anywhere near the heat he used to get uh, he's got kind of a more of a legitimate he gets more of a positive reaction now, but it's not as much. It's like an upper mid card kind of. Uh... Yeah, like depending on where they're at, he'll get a really good reaction. Mm-hmm. But that's okay too, though, because like I was like, it's it sucks, but that whole thing with his cancer, kind of like, it did him a favor, I guess, in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, it got him over a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But this storyline's weird, but you know what I got out of this match was this this heel push Eric Rowan is getting is showing some kind of promise. But I, I don't know. I think Eric Rowan is so boring by himself. And I get that's why they bring this person, which we will talk about in a second. And I think this is the only reason why uh, this was a no-DQ match was to have Luke Harper, the Luke Harper spot to happen. Yeah, that got a pop out of me. I was like, oh my god, really? Like, I didn't expect that at all. I thought he was just, they're going to do this shit where his contract just runs out and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Because during the match, I was like, it's a, it's a no-DQ match. It's very cookie-cutter spots. They go through the crowd. They hit with the stairs here and there. They, uh, I believe a kendo stick was in there, if I'm correct. They hate each other a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's how a no-DQ match is. And I knew because it was a no-DQ match that something fishy was going to happen because I really don't care for Eric Rowan as a, as a huh. as a single wrestler. And I, Luke Harper is the best out of both of them. So it's... Huh. And, I, and, and I don't understand... Where he had a promo the other week where he says, I'm going to be on my own. I don't need anybody. And now you you team up with Luke Harper. It was a trick. It was to suck everybody into a false sense of security. Because the whole deal is now he's saying he's smarter than everybody. And he fucking outsmarted everybody again. I guess. Look at it that way. <laughs> you got to look at it from heel logic. Do you think Eric Rowan <laughs> and Luke Harper are going to feud? You can think no, that's I don't. Thing. You mean against each other? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that's a good idea, right now. Um. Well, no, down the road. I, don't know. I mean. Oh, oh, down the road, maybe. I mean, only if. Well, I don't know, because I'd say it really. To me, it's really going to depend on how the next few months go. I don't know what to say about that right now. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I think what they're doing is is good. They need, 
I'm glad Harper's back. Uh, I actually came out. I came in this match with like really low expectations for Eric Rowan, Mm -hmm. and he actually impressed me in this match. I don't. I don't know. Like to me, he moved a lot faster and was a lot more aggressive in his offense, and did a lot more moves than I've ever seen him do in his entire career. That could have been because of Roman. I, you know, Roman's got this weird niche where if he wrestles against a big power guy and they have like this, this brawling style, fast paced kind of match, he can get a good match out of guys like that. And he did it here, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because he used to do that with Braun Strowman all the time. I loved when those two would fight each other because it was always like, it was super violent and shit. And it was always really fast paced. Yeah, and then Braun lost a lot. He didn't know. He beat him a few times. The problem is, after that, like, I think it helped get Braun over was that he never could win any other kind of match after that. <laughs> it's like after he moved out of that feud, coming out kind of 60-40. Well, I'm going to put my uh, money in the bank and on the line at Hell in a Cell like an idiot. Yeah, he... He's got the big show syndrome where it seems like he keeps finding himself in these really big matches and he never wins them somehow. And it's really fucking stupid, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we'll get, we'll get to in a sec, but I like the brawling they had. Uh, like I said, I think Eric Rowan's moving a lot faster. He's doing a lot is his shit just looks better than I remember it being. Uh, Roman's selling like crazy. Goddamn, when he gets his ass kicked, he looks like he's dying. <laughs> uh, I like that thing Rowan does. He's been doing this thing lately where he goes for a corner splash, mm-hmm. and then somebody will move out of the way, and it looks like he hits the post with his face. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes that sound when he hits it, like, and he fucking bounces off. I'm like, damn. like, <laughs> It's a pretty good little spot. Yeah, he does that pretty good. His power bomb looks good. He's a, he's got the best looking power bomb I've seen in a while. He must he must be training with uh Daniel Bryan. He must be learning some I, stuff. I don't know. Maybe he could just be putting more time in in the fucking performance center and working with guys down there too. Uh, yeah, Harper came back. That was awesome because I like Harper. I still think Harper's better than him, but yeah. like I was like, wow, like. He really impressed me in this match, though. I like that Iron Claw slam he does now, too. Yeah, that's fucking cool as hell. Um, what do you think Eric Rowan and Luke Harper are going to do? you think they're going to have a gimmick? Or... I, I don't know yet. It could, I'm still not real sure what they're doing with them exactly. It seems like they're in an alliance, and they're just fucking beating the shit out of both of, both of them, Brian and Roman. And... It, they're getting into this pattern where it's like they come in and they rip the set apart and they fuck everybody up and nobody can stop them because they're so big, <laughs> uh, which is cool. I think the smart thing to do right now is just keep, keep them together and have them fuck everybody up. And I don't know if they want to tag, have them tag and beat the shit out of people. They don't need the tag titles though. At this point, I think that would devalue them. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. Rowan's weirdly gotten over like out of this, this whole storyline has been awful. 
but he's come out of it with some kind of momentum. It's really strange. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see where it goes. I personally, I don't think I see it going anywhere. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he had a pretty competitive match with fucking Roman. That's weird. Like, <laughs> and I have a strange feeling that they're going to do, uh, since Luke Harper and Eric Rowan are together, uh, Daniel Bryan is somewhat going to turn face just so he could face Rowan. So they'll have like D. Bry and uh, Roman Reigns team up against them somehow. I watched the first hour of SmackDown tonight before we started doing all our shows. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they soft turned Daniel Bryan face. Interesting. It looks like that's what happened. Because he had a match with Rowan. It was pretty solid. And... It ended with, uh, uh, I don't know. I think I think Luke Harper came in and caused a DQ or something, and then Brian Roman came out to try to save him, and then it looked like at first he was like, "Fuck off, I don't need your help," and then he got a mic and he was just like, "Do you guys want to see us fight them?" And they're like, "Yeah," and he's like, "All right," like you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiots! All right, we'll do it. So what do you, what do you score us, man? Uh, four point out of ten. Wow. Mm -hmm. I gave it a 7.75. I, I, I thought the story was just out of control. The story is out of control, but it's turned into something else entirely now. It's transitioned into a whole other story. <laughs> so it's like they took something that was stupid and wasn't working, and they're turning it into something that's actually kind of intriguing in some way. I guess we'll see where it goes, but every time Luke, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan get together, something happens. <laughs> Either injury, or just it falls flat somewhere. Uh, we'll see. Mm -hmm. All we can do is wait and see. Let's get to the, let's get to the main event that should never been the main event. <laughs> oh shit! It will, yeah, especially after the fucking women's match and. Honestly, I thought the match before it was like better. Mm -hmm. I really did. Uh, so you 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 don't like this one apparently. What do you guys say about it? No, I actually rated this higher than the no DQ match. Um, oh wow! I thought the wrestling was decent. I said that's a plus. Uh, uh huh. But getting to this point, where Braun Strowman faces Seth Rollins. Makes no sense at all. Uh, because they made Braun somewhat of a face. So face versus face kind of thing. That's not bad necessarily. See, I, I don't get to... Those kind of matches are better than heel versus heel. Heel versus heel is really hard to sell. Yep. Uh, but he literally came out of nowhere. And he's just like, I want, I want to face you. Like... Yeah, Paul Heyman likes him. He wants to push him. I don't. If that's the case, supposedly, I don't see how this is doing him any favors because he's just stuck in the same pattern he's been in for like two years now. Yeah, I wrote this. I said even though he uh, took a bunch of finishers from Seth Rollins, Braun losing again hurts Braun a lot. <laughs> it does. He keeps he keeps getting in these fucking. It's like Samoa Joe. It's the same thing that happens to Samoa Joe. Mm -hmm. it's like it's supposed to be this monster heel 
and you know he'll fuck you up and he's supposed to be dangerous and shit and then what happens every time they get in a big match situation they fucking lose <laughs> what do you think uh, what do you think of the frog splash from braun that was fucking i was scared at first because it looked like i thought he was gonna fall off the fucking top rope <laughs> that guy's big as big as hell and then he did it and i was like oh my fucking god and he kicked out after that. And I was like, that's bullshit. That should have fucking finished him. <laughs> <laughs> fucking 400 pound fucker jumps off the ropes and hits you, splashes you. And you're like, you're half of his weight. You should be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when Vader did a moonsault to people and fucking finish him. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I got real mad at that. I was like, wait, he, he pretty much he's no selling it. He kind of did after that. Like, I don't, there's a lot of things about this match that kind of aggravated me in terms of like the way the match went. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it was, I thought Seth sold good up to that point. Uh, I, I thought the intensity was fine. Like, they, yeah, yeah. Like, they were going back and forth. Like, I was a little, I was more entertained in, in this one compared to Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. I was like, oh shit, like maybe this might be the time Braun Strowman gets the strap because maybe they want to have Seth Rollins and SmackDown somehow. You can't say strap. They hate that word. <laughs> they hate they hate wrestling. They hate the word wrestling. Yeah, they say it, but they let people say it on air sometimes now. Mm-hmm. Which is I don't know, maybe they're they're kind of backing off on that. But like the thing that bothered me the most about this match, besides that whole thing where he splashed him and flattened that motherfucker and kicked out, mm-hmm. was the the finishing sequence, which was he just curb stomped him over and over and over. And then pedigree. And then, pe- then pedigreed him. And I was like, I guess it was shocking, but all it did was devalue Seth's finishing move. Yep. <laughs> he had to do his goddamn finisher like fucking three times and then do another finisher. Yeah, he had to he had to go uh, take Triple H's finisher. It's powerful than uh, it's, curb <laughs> it's more stomp. powerful than the curb stomp. Eh, it was fine. It's a lame finish. I don't like these start stop pushes they keep doing with Strowman. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, just give him the belt already. Like, you let me in, let me let me at least see what he does with it. I, yeah, I just want, he gets so close, like, he's over as fuck, and, and then, like, they do that, and it kind of stalls him out again for a few months, which is, that's what he's about to settle into, he's gonna be stalled out again for another few months. Yeah, he's gonna be throwing fucking jobbers around again. It's fucking pointless, I don't understand. Like, and that, that guy, in my opinion, you can't shuffle him down the card and have him win the U.S. title, it's just stupid. He's either main event or nothing. There's no, there's no point. I also wrote down this should have never been a main event. It should have been Becky and Sasha. And yeah. the Fiend spot, I think, would have been a lot more effective if he did the mandible claw on uh, Becky than uh, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Shit, that would have been crazy. Oh my god. Because he would have. I don't know how, pe- I don't know how people would have reacted to that, honestly. Because Seth Rollins would have been mad as hell and would be looking around for uh, the Fiend or 
uh, Bray Wyatt. His, you know, he's the fiend, man. Maui Wowie. Yowie Wowie. See, that is a good idea on paper, but then I remember the last time that they had them do a storyline together. It, I it ruined Seth Rollins, and I fucking I hated it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't want them anywhere near each other for a very long time. True, but in a sense, you kind of don't have to put them on camera, I guess. Yeah, like if they don't emphasize it, like what they were doing, trying to turn it into a storyline, if they're just like, oh, you know, they're together, mm-hmm. you know, fine. Okay, that's that's okay if they do that. I don't want any more segments where they're all like, they're getting a feud with fucking people and she's making them look bad just because Seth's a fucking dweeb. <laughs> other other than that, I gave this match a six point five out of ten. So did I. Oh surprising. We matched it. Yeah. <laughs> um overall I thought it was entertaining. The uh, whole show. Yeah, I, I thought it was compared to what WWE pushes out pay per view wise, like it was decent to watch compared to uh, what they usually do. And usually I just go ignore like most of the match except for one. Even though I did, yeah, that... even though I did rate like some of these low compared to just one or two that I liked. What do you, what, let's see. Where are my overall notes about this show? There was a lot of booking mistakes and fucking blown spots, mm-hmm. flubs. There was good promos throughout the show, which was kind of strange. That doesn't happen very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the fiend was fucking great. I loved that thing when he like fucking appeared and he started choking him, and it looked like a goddamn horror movie. People actually com- people actually complain that there's too much fiend now. I'm like, shut up, dude. Like, you wanted more Bray Wyatt, now you got Bray Wyatt. Now you don't want Bray Wyatt. I think it's better for them to not have him show up all the time. Actually, and can he do something different? By the way, I'm tired of the whole blinking of the lights and him doing the mandible claw. I'd rather have something where he does different things in the dark pretty much i like the when he when he attacked kane that was cool i fucking the camera he was like standing right behind him and looking at him i was like oh fuck that's awesome <laughs> you know it'd be pretty cool if uh the light goes out and then uh you hear michael call like the the headset come off and stuff. oh oh <laughs> you hear the fucking like, headset rattling yeah oh man that would be cool and then you turn on the light and then michael cole is gone so there's no and then, and then it would be like nobody is safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that that's a good idea actually. And then you can write Michael Cole off commentary forever. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but but, but imagine, it's boss time. Fuck. <laughs> but imagine Fuck having it. a whole show like this would happen literally in the big the first hour. Imagine just having mm-hmm. Corey Graves and uh, either Byron Sackton or whatever. What renee young be like commentating it would be weird or maybe they get like a, a backup or something where vince mcmahon comes out <laughs> god they always have to have fucking three people on commentary or something for some reason mm-hmm. uh we'll see 
uh, match tonight was obviously back against Sasha, uh, which I that pretty much fulfilled my my expectations because I, I was like when I heard they were feuding next, I, I caught wind of it. I was like, okay, I want to watch this because they had a great feud back in NXT, and they had a great match. And I was like, I know these two can have an awesome match. It's I know it's guaranteed pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I was right. They did it. And I don't know what the hell the cell's going to be like, but it's probably going to be good too. I hope they don't do a big spot. It it would be weird. I don't, well, I don't want them to do this shit where they kill themselves. <laughs> so, so, no, I don't want to see some kind of bullshit like what Jeff Hardy usually does from them. God. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see on top of the hell in the cell jump off, and I do not want to see climb up halfway and then fall. Thing. Yeah, I don't want any of that either. Just do it like what Sean and Undertaker did when they had theirs. It was just a really violent match in a fucking cage. I want to see Becky like rub the Sasha's face on the, the the link fence. I want to see Becky bleed, man. When she she bled that one time on Smack on Raw last year. It was like, oh god, that did it. She was she's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But what do you score the show? 6.9 out of 10. 6.75 out of 10. Oh, shit. We were close. Holy fuck. And and this show was better than All Out. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. It was. It was for me. The, over, the overall quality of the show was more even and, and, and consistent. I'll give you that. I thought the rest that's the problem. That's the problem with AEW. It's all over the place right now. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have fucking idiots on their show doing stupid shit. I think once TV, uh, the, the TV episodes happen and then full gear, I think we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Other than that, mm-hmm. I think I think we'll end the show here. Uh, do you have any final things you want to say or any news or? Uh, no. Oh yeah, I watched I watched NXT when it uh, debuted on USA, but I couldn't catch the second hour because the WWE Network fucking crashed. Because all of a sudden, like a a million people wanted to switch to the WWE Network, and it fucking crashed <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. So it was like, oh, you guys didn't think that would happen? Like, fuck. Like, <laughs> I never, I never caught that second hour. I don't know what happened, uh, but I check it out if you didn't. Yeah. Um, Dream versus uh, Roderick Strong was fucking. That was a great. That was fucking great match. Uh, so props to them. It looks like they're. It's gonna be solid. I'm. I'm gonna watch tomorrow's show for sure. I'm diehard NXT guy anyway. Sometimes I just. I don't catch. I don't stay abreast of the shows sometimes i just i slack off for a few months and i just i don't know (laughs) and by the way like people that watched the first two episodes we're not just doing reviews on pay-per-views we actually have some themed episodes that we're going to be doing Mm -hmm. uh so keeping we got a lot of stuff planned yeah and we are be we are be we are doing bi-weekly podcasts so next week there won't be an episode but the following week there will be so yep keep an eye out on that uh to catch more getting some color make sure to go to novnetwork.podbean.com we're also on itunes and spotify uh 
Did we did we even have a sign off for this one? No, we just kind of said bye. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Like you know. Like... <laughs> Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>